This is a Let's Find Out with co-host Diego flashback episode. Everything in this universe has a beginning. The Big Bang. The formation of nebular matter into stars and planets. The first collections of amino acids in the Earth's oceans. The first creatures to leave them. The first mammals. The first primates that walked upright. The first religion. The first printing press. Pump up your space boots and phone home. It's time for Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Live. To take from the mothership. It's Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Bigfoot, UFOs, Stargates, Let's Find Out. Paranormal, Intelligent Design, Entertainment, Let's Find Out. You're listening to Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. For those of you that know me for all these years, you, you know that I've had a very big and active interest when it comes to all things Bigfoot, Sasquatch. I've read many books and I've done some interesting research. And I'll tell you that this episode with this guest is a little bit different than most of the people we've had before and, and some of the books from authors I've read before. You know, there's many investigators out there that have done their research and have spent many days and nights in the woods hoping to gather evidence and perhaps have an encounter. Some have had encounters, you know, they've found tracks, hair samples, or they've heard the sounds and the knockings in the night. Now, the difference between our guests and other investigators out there is this. Not only has he had a glimpse or say an encounter, but he's had several where he's had an actual relationship with a family of Sasquatch. We're going to talk about this tonight. We will be discussing the book Sasquatch Family Ties that tells a story of one man's experience with Sasquatch. The book available through Zombie Media Publishing, Sasquatch Family Ties. Please welcome author Leo Frank. Welcome, man. I'm so happy to finally have you back on. Yeah, it's good to finally be here. Yeah, and I said back on, but it's finally good to have you on. We've had, um, it's been touch and go getting you on there. Either something happens with me or something happens with you. Our schedules are a little up and down, but I've tracked you down. I got you locked in. So, my man, let's let's talk about this because, like I said earlier, as you hear my pace turning, here comes the questions, that your experience, and I'm not downing or discounting anybody else's experience or research, but yours is just vastly different than most of the people I've talked to in most of the books I've read and the research I've done online to where there are those who've had some encounters or they've never had an encounter, but they found tracks or hair or branches that have been broken and things like that. But you, the reason I say it's a little bit different because you've actually had, it's been almost a lifetime experience not only encounter, but having an actual relationship with a family of Sasquatch. Well, and see, the thing is, I don't discount anybody that does that does things differently than I do either, because other than that initial first encounter, uh, after that, for the first 10 years, I did the exact same things that they're doing. So <laughs> I don't run them down for it. I, I mean, uh, unless you get steered in, in another direction and are offered another idea, which I was with gifting, uh, that's pretty well the road that that most researchers, you know, that's pretty well how, where they stick to. But you, you'll get to a certain point. How do you get further? Well, you try something different because, you know, obviously doing the same thing over and over since 1967 isn't working. And it was only after I changed what I was doing. Ten years of, you know, tracks here and there, some vocal stuff like that. It, things only picked up when I after I started gifting. And I was lucky enough to be pointed in the right direction, basically told how to do it. And... Uh, 
and it worked thankfully yeah and you know you actually we jumped way ahead but and that's great because one of the questions that i had is that's something that i can say i've never heard of before and if i didn't obviously i've forgotten but when i got to the part of the book we talk about gifting you're the first person that, that i know now that have actually done this and gotten some results i didn't know that let me rephrase that i don't know if it was possible to do something like that because I've, I've never read or heard anybody saying they've done this you're the first person that i know i've done it there's there's literally thousands but the the thing is they they won't they won't come forward they won't talk because of the way the online you know bigfoot asylum is and uh and you know i've taken my my share of guff because i don't do things exactly the way everybody else does you know, a lot of other people do. And again, not knocking them that they're comfortable doing that that way. That's fine. I just really got tired of, of you know, beating my head against a brick wall. So yeah, there, there are literally thousands of people that over the years that I've spoke to that are doing this and they're they're getting great results some of the best film i ever saw was sent to me from a woman in ohio and uh it was being filmed as it and i was while i was on the phone with her and um she actually goes on on facebook and pretends to know absolutely nothing about the subject because she she doesn't want the ridicule right but because well that's interesting because it doesn't matter what field you're at if you you could be into the ufo thing or the paranormal where you've actually seen things either an encounter or there's evidence on the ground like that to where you start reporting but even people amongst in the same field will start saying i call bs on you but you're like i just saw this here's the evidence well i mean i think a lot of it if you're not on that team or you're not buddies with this person or you're not buddies with that person, you're going to get dismissed no matter what you say. But these are the same people that will put up a, a picture of a stump or a shadow and they'll, you know, argue back and forth about that for, you know, a, a week or on, on one post. They'll argue back and forth about this obvious shadow for a week but you give them something clear and out comes the gavel fake you know in the things that, that the ways that they people assume that they know you and all of a sudden these people that you've never heard of are all jumping on your pictures and on your video and and all of this and i think if they only knew how impossible it would be for me to i'm just not you know i'm, I'm not that kind of person to begin with but the things the ways that they have said that I've hoaxed and all of this and that, I know some of, oh, some of it is is ego because I'm uh, you know I'm not part of their research team. I'm part of somebody else, and I, I've seen it a thousand times before that you know really good evidence gets thrown out simply because it's clear. That's interesting because you would want as a researcher to if. Even if it's not somebody on your team, if somebody found something, you'd be like, great, that's good for us because we're not known as to being, use the word normal because it's not normal to see a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot. It's not something that happens every day, especially, so well, let's talk about that because and when I was telling you I was reading your book, I read it from cover to cover. I find it quite fascinating where I had to read a couple of times. It was like, he saw what, he did what. Very good book. It's, it's a great read. So let's talk about your encounters with Sasquatch, because I know it came during the years. You build a relationship with a family of them. So let's let's talk about that with the first time you encountered one of their members. Uh, the, the first time was in the last week of August of 1997. Uh, I just I was going up to a friend's place up at the top of the mountain, and we had always we would take the brook rather than take the road because it wasn't quicker, but it seemed quicker. There was so much more to look at. 
we were all we all love playing in the woods and, and the woods up on that mountain are just they're special to everybody that lives there so i was on my way up the brook i went around the first bend to where the, the first waterfall is and i started to back up because i saw a blood uh, black bear uh, was they looked like front end in the in the water. I could you know see him from shoulders down, and so I started to back up and was ready to turn around. At the same time, this black bear stood up on two legs, turned around with his wet arm. One one arm one of his arms was very wet. Looked right at me, and so yeah, that that's that's how it started. It, but and prior to that, I thought Bigfoot was a monster truck. I had there. <laughs> There right. was no interest in that kind of in that kind of thing at all. Right, and you know, unfortunately, that's the most famous kind of Bigfoot is the monster truck. Yeah. If you grew up in the '80s and '70s, like us, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It goes, the story goes 100 years before that, even probably more, because I know that Native Americans, at least pretty much a lot of the Native American tribes here, at least in this part of North America, had their own stories of a wild man or a Bigfoot type creature that they say, no, no, this is, uh, they've been watching us pretty much our whole entire time. We've been on this continent. Well, and that's the thing. And that's that's where I got the gifting from, because a lot of Native fishermen years ago would leave a few on the beach or on a, on a rock on the beach and uh, take the rest with them and leave a few for the Sasquatch. And this was just, this was normal to them. But what I find, and I'm not, you know, trying to stir up anything when I say this, but what I find is if it's not discovered or whatever by a white man, then, well, we can just dismiss that as, as a fable or we can just dismiss that. No, that's, that's not, no, that's not right at all. I, I did, I did the white man trying to track them like animals. I did that. And it, it, I, I knew right from the, the very first time I locked eyes with them that I was not looking at, you know, an animal as we as we know animals. But yet still for that 10 years, I was basically doing what, you know, you see on TV with the beating on the trees and the and all of that. I did all of that. And it, it got me nowhere. It got you very little results, right? It, no more than no more than tracks. And of course there's tracks. They have beat. So <laughs> it's, you know. Right, hence, hence the name. So when did it start changing to where, as you said, you were using the wrong method to, to search for Sasquatch? When did it start clicking and working, and how did you sustain this relationship, well, not only with the main one that you met the first time, but then the family and then the little one, and you watched them grow up as well? Well, actually, the, the first one, he's the one that I know to this day the least about. So mm -hmm. I know they're still up there. I, I just got uh, pictures here a couple of years ago. Becca and I got some pictures here a couple of years ago um, up in the same spot. But as for him, I know very little about him. But what ha what changed was in 2007, I moved to northern New Brunswick and we got we heard a vocal over on we were outside having a barbecue and we heard a vocal. It was a, a scream. And, you know, everybody was going, what, what the hell was that? And I'm kind of sitting there in the corner the half grin on my face and like I think I know what that was so I went up I had been, I had been up to, to I had hiked that mountain a few times and I had looked around and I did I that winter I did find some snow tracks so that's when I went to the to the reservation and I I, uh, I said I, I gotta ask you guys about something and, and don't laugh me out of the store and they didn't we we stood there and talked and they were dead serious about they wanted to know why I wanted to do this they wanted to know what my intentions were they wanted to know they were very protective and uh by the end of the conversation we just walked over by the window and they said right over there that's where you'll find them that's this is what you need to do 
you can't you're there's there's spirits of the woods you're not you, you're not going to track them <laughs> like well yeah i know i've been trying for 10 years but <laughs> which is one of the things i wanted to talk about because when you had your conversations or communications with them and i know they have the ability to mimic human speech or learn some words but are they doing it only by voices telepathic as well I will, I'll, I'll tell you my first experience with this and it, it was only five years ago that i was laughing at this kind of thing five six years ago that i was laughing at this kind of thing until i realized that very first time that very first encounter in my head i heard it's time to go no now after him and i had stood there and looked at each other when i think back now i realized that wasn't my regular thinking voice and the instant that i turned he turned it was there were, you know, exact same time. So is that mind speak? I don't know. Is it telepathy? I don't know. I just know it wasn't my regular thinking voice. Now, the first time I thought I was actually losing my mind with this whole telepathy thing, and I, I really did not want to accept that. I didn't. And uh, I was on my, I had gone into gifted, and I was on my way out of the woods i was on back on on the path on the way out of the woods and all of a sudden i stopped and turned around and i said yeah i'll be back in a couple of days for no reason i did not hear a question i did not nobody said anything but here i am stopping and turning around as if, as if somebody had said are you coming back or when are you going to come back or something like that they didn't but yet i still stopped and turned around and answered it as if they did so i i stood there and i thought i shook my head and laughed for a few minutes and then that's when the sick feeling started kicking in and i got home and i called my my uh research partner that just passed away here in, in on the first of january and uh she's the one who talked me into into going back because after that i was ready to no no i'm not having anything to do with this i don't know what's in there talking to me and, that, and that's the, the thing about telepathy and mind speaking that you don't know what, unless you actually see them, you don't know what you're there, what you're dealing with. There's other things out there that we don't understand. And people have a hard time with that because, again, ego. They, we're, we're the smartest things on the planet. We're, you know, we know everything. So when something comes along we don't understand, we panic and we freak out. And that's exactly what I did. Well, understandably so, because it seems that you don't want to damage or... Have a test of faith where everything you believe just suddenly collapses and you're like well then who am i in the universe who am i if this is real you know what's my purpose it's almost like a self-protection kind of thing mm -hmm. and it's true because when i've spoken to ufo researchers and they talk about the encounters that uh, of other people's interviews and witnesses if they've, they've heard their stories and their life changed forever because they were used to a certain standard of beliefs and then once you have an encounter, you naturally you're gonna question everything. Well, I mean, with the first encounter in in '97, I came out of that a completely different person. It, it was my my like I said, my whole life, all of us on that mountain, we were in the woods or in the river constantly. That's what we did. <laughs> we we were swimming, skating, playing hockey, sledding. We're we're always in the woods, and I wouldn't go in the woods. And that's not, that was not normal for me, but walking up on a, a man completely covered with hair, you know, built like Rick Rude in, 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 in the 80s, it, yeah. it, no, it changed everything. And, and nothing that I knew was right anymore. It, it, it does a number on your head. So do you think that it was something to wear? Because my understanding is that they're very careful on who they make contact with. Do you think it's one of those, they've been watching you for a while, just waiting for you to, Get to that point where they can make first contact 
Well, here's the interesting thing. In 1985, we were down there just a matter of a few hundred feet from where I had my first visual encounter. We were down there and, and I think it was like eight, seven or eight years old at the time. And we had, we had rocks landing all around us and nobody got hit. But one rock kind of rolled and hit a friend's foot, but none of us got hit. But again, back then, you don't think Bigfoot. We didn't know anything about Bigfoot. We thought that somebody at my grandmother's house might have been down there pranking us. So after we got up back at my grandmother's and found that everybody that was supposed to be there was right where they were supposed to be, they didn't know what we were talking about. No kids had ever came forward saying they did it, and they would have because they would have, you know, wanted to tease us about it. But I think it's very possible the same one that did that uh, was the one that I saw in 97. And and the age and size, like he, he's, he wasn't enormous. He was, you know, a little over six foot, about 220, 225, something like that. And, and I was 20 years old at the time, so it could... It's very possible that he could have been or could have been with the one that threw the rock when we were younger and that he, they could have been watch, watching me all these years. I really don't know. On the other hand, um, once there was trust made with, with the other ones later on in New Brunswick, it, it, it does seem that with certain people, they're more open right away. And I, don't, I, won't, I won't pretend to know what that reason is. I, I have no idea. But it does seem that they're they're open more open to certain people. They can tell. I mean, they have great survival skills. I mean, they've been they've been here a lot longer than we have. I mean, they had the art of camouflage, hiding, being very elusive. So we're not going to outsmart them as far as hunting them. They'll hunt us long before we hunt them. No, there's there's not. I think what happened, and I like at first I thought, you know, it it had been raining heavy, and I thought the brook was running loud enough that maybe it drowned the sound of me walking up there. But I mean, now with the experiences that I've had since then, he knew I was there and that was supposed to happen. Otherwise it wouldn't have happened. Right. And I think part of the frustrated, if you remember in the book, I, I talked about him kind of given like a frustrated sigh. And I think that was part of the frustration was he may have been wondering if I would remember him, recognize him. and But all he would have seen from me that day was pure shock in, in my face. So that could have been what the frustration was, but no, I didn't sneak up on him. I didn't. It, it was going to happen. If if he didn't want it to happen, it wouldn't happen. Exactly. So, before we continue, and um, we're talking about encounters, and we're talking about when Leo saw one of the Sasquatch and looked a little bit like Rick Rude. Well, let me let me point something out. If you're looking for wrestling memorabilia, you might find a Rick Rude. You might find a Hulk Hogan. Heck, I just found a magnificent Don Morocco the other day. And where did I find that at the Strasburg Flea Market? 110 North Massanutten Street, Starsburg, Virginia, 22657. They have a plethora, like El Jefe said on Three Amigos, a plethora of pro wrestling memorabilia. I just picked up the other day one of the old LJN King Kong Bundys. I picked up a Jimmy Hart, the Mouth of the South. Picked up a lot of great stuff. I spent a lot of good money, too. Great prices. The Strasburg Flea Market, 110 North Massanutten Street. Strasburg, Virginia, 22657. And I always screwed up that word. It's North Massanutten Street for all those linguistical people out there. Leo, I butchered that, but we're going to keep going, brother. So (laughs) going back to what you were saying with the encounters, which brings me to to the point of how elusive and how good they are as far as avoiding the rest of us. What is there some sort of paranormal abilities that they have, the art of camouflage? Are they using, and I asked, 
different guests before, and I'd like to have your your opinion on this. With are there some sort of a portal Stargate? Is there an underground cavern system that they're using to de- avoid detection? Because with all the technology that we have and the billions of dollars the government spends on, I guess, keeping an eye on folks, we cannot find a way to really hone in. Where are they? The only all I can give you on that is 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 opinion. So take that for what it's worth. But I'll, I'll put it this way. I took my father in, in uh, 2011, 2012, something like that. Now, we're going down a game trail. I always go get go down game trails. I, don't, I stay off, you know, anything that, where other people are going to be around. I, just, I follow game trails because it's, game, it's a game trail. When they want to eat, they're going to grab something from a game trail. So, and, and you're a lot more likely to find really good nice looking tracks too we had one walking behind us i really wanted dad to have you know a really clear sighting we had found track you know all the other stuff but i really wanted him to have a sighting and we had the big adult the big adult male following us and he was flanking us and he was going from left to right every time we stopped he would land one more more step then we would go on again but every time we turned around there was no way that we could see him now, that doesn't make any sense at all, considering how close he was, but we couldn't see him. We could hear him as clear as day, but we could not, there's no way. We could not catch him and see him. Now, why is that? And I, I honestly don't have an answer. I mean, I, I know why people walk past them in the woods all the time. And you're, if you're walking and you're looking straight ahead or even looking in the ground for tracks and stuff like that, something dark over here isn't going to tell your eyes to tell your brain to make you look at it because it blends in so well with the woods. Mm-hmm. There are times when they just stand still and, you know, you wouldn't pick them up. They drop, drop to their knees and sit still and they're going to look like a stump. Now, can they make themselves go invisible? Yes, but is it a paranormal thing or is it more to do with their hair and just being that good in the woods? That's, that's the thing. And that's, that's the, a debate that that's going to rage on for a long time and you know but people equate them with with aliens and all of that and you know i don't discount that i've i have seen a ufo and it was very close to the the same area but years and years apart i've never seen the obvious connection but i think if there is one it would it would be that they've known about aliens they they were like you said earlier they've been here for so much longer than we have they knew about aliens, so they're probably more comfortable around them and may have some type of relationship with them. I, I don't know, but I don't think I don't think they are aliens. I don't think they're in cahoots on anything drastic, but then we don't know how many different species of these things that we're calling Bigfoot there are. My experiences have been 85% peaceful, but the ones that weren't were, were extremely scary. So, but as far as the, the family group that I've interacted with um, now for years, I, I don't see an obvious a major connection. I just think they know, uh, you know, where they've been around longer than we have. They're more familiar with with them, and that's basically where I leave it for now until I learn otherwise, if I ever do. With the years that you've been had this relationship with them currently, how are they doing? Uh, has there been anything going on with them? What's the news with them? This year, um, with several different sicknesses, I've only been out maybe six or seven times through the whole year. Uh, last year, I went into a research area that I call Area 1. I will not ever return to Area 2. Um, 
I went to Area One and I was greeted by I had actually filmed one in the tree with her baby, and I uh, I was greeted by her, and she is she was up until that point the shyest one of them all, and I, I, she allowed me to get a picture, and I get a picture of of the little guy who had grown enormously just in the two years since since. Uh, you know, I, I'd seen them in the tree, but as far as I know, all is well. There hasn't been any more trouble on the main property of the, the people that asked me to check the property out in the first place. I, I'm in a different area. I'm actually doing the most of, of my research back up on the mountain where I had my first encounter. And now Becca and I have, have had what, three different encounters, definite encounters up there. Got some pictures, but yeah. The scariest thing that ever happened to me happened in area two and that really sucked because that's where a lot of the ones that i ended up getting i don't know if you call it a friendship or not the ones that, that i trusted and they trusted me are there or were there and i won't go back to that spot so it really sucks that what the bad thing that did happen happened there i wish it would have happened somewhere else but but that that's when i get it that's when things get into the okay i'm done with this stuff uh, we we lost we were separated for an hour when we should have only been separated for four to five minutes and i can't account for that time and there's a picture on my phone from area one that i hadn't hadn't been to that day we lost an hour and I can't explain why. And I said, that's it. I'm never going back there. And I haven't been back since. I'm, I'm tempted at times, but no way. That's that's going a little too far down the rabbit hole for me. Wow, because there's a certain element of danger to what it is that you're doing. I mean, not only with having an encounter, not saying that, like you said, most of them friendly, but, like, you know, you never know. Just like humans, you know, we're unpredictable, and I'm sure they are as well. Not only with a Sasquatch, but there's other wildlife out there you really don't want to mess around with. Well, that, and, I mean, there's there's a lot of wildlife you don't want to mess with, but there are also things out there. I mean, we think of, of Bigfoot, and we think of aliens, we think of ghosts and stuff like that. There are other things that can can and will try and mess with your head and people say well that's bigfoot doing that i don't know that it is i i just know that there is something else out there and i also for me i've come to the conclusion i i don't i don't know if i could necessarily prove it to anyone else other than other than becca but because she was there and then witnessed it but i don't think i think when we when we do this thing and we take all of these things and, and we just put them in the bigfoot category I think there's several different categories to the Bigfoot category. Mm-hmm. What we encountered that day was not what I had been gifting and interacting with for, for years. It, it wasn't them. You figure probably because it gets put in the Bigfoot category because it's just easier to deal with and makes you a little less scared. So oh, it's just Bigfoot, you know, keep yeah. on keeping on, right? Well, I, that and a lot of people will say, well, I don't even want to think about that. I want to know what they are first. Well, it's not a matter of what you want. It's when something happens to you. You're stuck with it. Whether you want to get rid of it or not, it happened and you're stuck with it. So it's not a, it's not a matter of what you want. Right. Going back to the book, Sasquatch Family Ties, available through Zombie Media Publishing. There's some really good pictures in there, and it's probably one of the best ones I've seen. It's very clear. But I, I will say that a lot of these footage, whether film or photo, that it seem a lot of them are blurry or unclear or you see an outline but i'm saying here's what i'm saying if you're out somewhere looking for something whether it's ufo bigfoot 
Mothman, whatever it is, whatever your your ex- expertise is, once you see that happen in front of you, the last thing you're really thinking about is taking a picture because you're in shock. And by the time you take a picture with something, your hands are shaky or they're already on the move. How did you manage to keep calm? And because it is a very great picture that you have there. Oh, I did. There was nothing calm about it. It was it was a matter of I was I was packing up and getting, getting ready to to head home. And when I looked. Yeah, I assume you're talking about Carl, the one at the root ball. Okay, uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was a matter of, of being calm. I certainly wasn't calm. With the first set of pictures I got, which was him behind the root ball, that was a matter of, of seeing it, giving my head a shake, blinking several times. And am I looking at shadows here or am I looking at what I think I'm looking at? And he moves just slightly and I, j- I took the phone and it, like something snapped in my brain and said, take a picture. I wish it would have said hit film but i had my girlfriend's camera and i wouldn't have known how to use the film function on it anyway but no it was a matter of holding the phone up and just hammering at the at the at the thing at the button to take the pictures and as i was doing that he's backing up off the the root ball and he starts to walk away and i tried to step over the down trees from the root ball and they were still wet there was still a lot of morning dew on them and uh when i tried to take more and I did get a couple of pictures of him walking away, but they're god awful pictures because I mean you can see that it's something on two legs and and tall and thin. But and I got a lot of guff for that. It's like why didn't you share these pictures right away? Well, because they're no good. <laughs> I didn't share them because they suck. But um, no, I, I when I, I stepped I went to step over that I slipped and fell on the ground. So I'm laying sideways on the ground hitting the button to take pictures and. That's a lot of people were like, well, you're hiding something. You've got pictures and you won't release them. I'm like, well, I just gave you the clearest pictures that have been out there in years. And all you want to do is trash them. Why, why would I want to give you more? So right. they're just looking for ammo to try to discredit you. But it's and that's the thing. I, I know the difference between someone who's genuinely interested and someone who's trying to set you up to make you look bad. And the people that I didn't talk to were the ones that were trying to set me up to make me look bad. Like, if you're not interested in this, you don't want to share information back and forth, I don't have time for you. Right. Yeah, we just talked about that before the show, you know, your experience in that. But next time you come back on, so I, I know that, and I don't know if you want this out there, but you, you are kind of working on a second book. Is that right? Yep. Are you thinking about it? How's how's that coming along? Uh, slowly, because it's uh, my, I've had to use my laptop for streaming until we just recently got our Roku box. So yeah, I've got to do some serious work on the laptop before I can do any more writing with that. But that one is going to be based just on on the subject in general. Of course, it'll have a lot more of you know, my experiences and things that I didn't think were important enough, pictures that I didn't think were good enough, clear enough that kind of thing they'll be in there but it's it's going to just going to be on the subject in general and the uh the people involved not not, you know i'm not going to trash anybody or anything like that it's not my not my game if somebody fires i'll I'll fire back but i don't i'm just not i just don't trash people that i'm not going to stoop to their level i mean it serves no purpose really to trash Uh, anybody i mean and and i've seen this with ufo twitter i've seen this on pro wrestling posts on it it's like Okay, if if we're all interested in the same things, why are we essing on each other? Let's just support each other. Let's move on. I bring it back to a wrestling point. Wrestling has highs and lows. Same thing with with Bigfoot and paranormal things. Like a little Richter scale, you know, every decade is hot, then it's 
goes cold and it seems like we're rising back up again because you're seeing a lot of these bigfoot shows on tv more chatter on the internet more sightings is there a certain time well certain time of year in the, where is the right time to see them or do they come out more or is there something in the environment that invites them to i guess come out more or be seen uh, well in my area i'm kind of stuck in the winter time because it, it gets really wet in there and and I know that they move further back because I know that's where the caves are. So, you know, a person puts two and two together, you kind of figure that one out. Always, excuse me, uh, always for me, uh, spring through mid to late fall, prime time for seeing them, it would be dusk and dawn. I mean, they're, they're active around at night and that, that's, that's great if you have night vision. But if you don't, you are going to have a lot of things going around, going on around you that you're not going to be able to say, okay, I know for sure that that was that that was Sasquatch. Or not unless you see it, you don't know for sure. You know when you see it. It's, you're not going to confuse it with a cheetah or a monkey or a bear. You'll know when you know. You know when you know. That's 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 for sure. Speaking of knowing, I know that Zombie Media Publishing publishes a lot of great books, and I know you do a lot of great work with Thomas Markham. I see him post videos on YouTube. He, He's walking the walk and talking the talk. He's out there in the woods doing his thing. How did that relationship start with both of you and how did, with, with the crypto crew? Right away, uh, when I started the online stuff, I kind of went off and I was paying a lot more attention to a different research team that really wasn't about the research. It was about, it was all about the other nonsense. Like, no, 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 it's this, you know, at the time, I only knew so many places to, to talk about these kinds of things. So, but I kept seeing this crypto crew guy, this crypto, this Tom, Tom from the crypto crew. And, and I would read his stuff and I was like, this guy is down to earth. He's, he does not have an ego. He's out there busting his rear end and he's, you know, this is a, this is going to be a decent guy. So I, I followed them for a while and, I, and always shared their their stuff. And over over time, uh, Tom and I just started talking back and forth. He wanted to document my my first encounter, and I, I think that's pretty much where that started. He wanted to put it on his sightings map, and then we stuck in in contact ever since then. And uh, we I joined the crypto crew this year. I mean, people kind of thought I was an unofficial member. <laughs> Because I shared so much of their stuff and only their stuff, but yeah, Tom, Tom is he's a he's a great guy. There's no phoniness with him. Hardest working man in this business. Oh, I agree. I tell you, funny thing, every once in a while I see something pop up on the feed, a Bigfoot scene here. Somebody got a video of this. I go, hey Tom, have you have you seen this? He goes, I sent it to him. He goes, oh no no, no. this is from a few years ago. This is all BS. Yeah. Oracle. these guys are just trying to do X Y Z. So he's really good at. You know, it's also important not only to try to go out there, do your research, improve, but it's also very important to go ahead and expose the hoaxes out there because I think that really just puts a, a negative spin on what it is you, you're both are trying to do. It does, and that's the thing. I think you have, I want to name names so bad, but I won't. You have people that are putting out ridiculous, you know, ridiculously fake stuff. And they're charging people thousands of dollars to go in the woods with them. And what happens when you go in the woods with them? Not a thing. But you just paid out fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars for the honor of going in the woods with them. And yeah, that's not cool. You're taking people's hard-earned doing that. That is not. There's nothing funny about that. There's nothing. And they should be ridiculed. On the other hand, you get videos with some guy in a hundred-dollar dumpy looking 
monkey suit that's playing, <laughs> playing a prank on his friend. And it was never meant to be a legitimate hoax. Now his friend has it on video. He sends it off and it, you know, slowly makes its way around the internet. And all of a sudden, 10 people have made claim to it. And you can clearly see it's a terrible looking gorilla suit. And again, on the third hand, because of those people, if, if anything that we come up with is clear like that, we're thrown automatically right into the, the same bunch as these idiots over here that we hate just as much as everybody else. Right. So, but, so you can't win. So you can either walk away and stay away or you keep doing your own thing and say, look, if you can use some information that I'm sharing, great, share some with me and we'll, we'll do fine. If you want to be over here doing this, you know, Bigfoot police baloney, um, right. right. Go, go right ahead, but you know I'm not interested. Right. And so, in in your opinion, let's talk about great stuff caught on film or on camera. Other than very famous black and white films that's been people have been debating for decades. Let's put that aside. In your opinion, out of everything you've seen, of course, outside of you and Tom's work, what have you seen that's out there that you're like, you know what, this is it. Finally, somebody caught something. Well, here's the thing. I would Paul Freeman. The Freeman video, definitely. And the reason why I say that is what people never, when people accuse me of, of hoaxing, what they didn't, don't take into account is if that were the case, I would have to have, how many have I filmed now? I would have to have at least nine form-fitting Hollywood quality gorilla suits. Now, it's not even gorilla suits, you know, it, you know especially made suits and, and masks and all this i don't know i don't know people i don't know researchers that have that kind of money now take someone like paul freeman and people said well he he, he hoaxed tracks and he did this and he did that yeah but there was an explanation for that and that explanation was he was trying to duplicate to see if he could duplicate tracks that he had found and that's it's that's that that innocent but yet they twist and turn it but my question is who is buying all these high-quality suits that cost thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of dollars for these people to do it? I mean, you you look at, and I'm, I'm not saying anything, you know, mean about Mr. Freeman or anything like that. He, he was not a rich man that I know of. He seemed to live on, you know, I don't think he was poor, but who's going to go out and spend that much money on a, on a film that's that short? And, you know, that, yes, it's easy to go ahead and say, oh, that's a guy in a suit, let's just dismiss it. No, no. Think about this for a minute. Who has the money to be doing that? I don't know many. Not someone at his level. And as you were talking, it reminds me of something. Even Hollywood back then, they had a few million dollars for movies. That's astronomical money for that time. But when you have films like a King Kong and then in the 70s with Planet of the Apes or Godzilla, that's a ton of money spent on these suits or these uh, low-tech special effects. And you can tell, yeah, it doesn't look so great. But those several seconds in that film, you know, you're like, wow. He either had to be a genius, you know, tailor and made his own suit. I don't see him having that kind of money, like, as you said, to make something like that look so believable. No, and, that, and that's another thing, too, is you would have to have some amazing knowledge of their anatomy to, even if you had the tens of thousands that, would, that it would cost to do it, you would have to have a very, very good understanding of their, their anatomy to even come close to pulling that off. So, yeah, people throw uh, Paul Freeman in with hoaxers. And I, that's, I know, I don't, I do not see that, but I see there is a very real film. And with the Patterson film, it's the same thing. I'm basing it not on anybody's breakdowns, not anybody's analysis or anything like that. I'm basing it on my own experience. And, you know, I, and that, that's, that's all I can do. As far as people that analyze the films and all of that, 
Now, when Tom does it, and I'm not just saying it because he's one of my best friends, I'm saying it because I know how he works, and I know he's just an all-around good guy, and he's a smart guy, very smart. And he's looking, he's going to be looking for things, and he'll point little things out that, that, he, that he notices. Now, you can't, if you're one of these guys that you say, well, I'm a, I'm a video analyst, and this is what I do, so this is how I know that's fake. Okay, but have you seen a Sasquatch? No. Uh, you've never seen film of the Sasquatch that you've seen is legit. No. Well, then you are in the wrong business, pal, because <laughs> you can't base everything on what the Patterson film looks like. You can't base everything on what the Freeman film looks like. You can't base anything, everything on the other films that are out there. You can't base it all on what my films look like because then no two look at look the same in 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 my films. So the, using Patty for a, a blueprint for what a Sasquatch is supposed to look like. I've seen one that looked like her. One. So that's that's it's it's faulty. The the, the system they use is is very faulty. It's a shame because perfectly legit films are being thrown out. Right. And that as you said, they have nothing to they haven't had an encounter or seen anything so they can compare it to whether it's legit or not. And I know we're coming close to the end of the show, but let, let me ask you with last year and a little bit this year with some of the disclosure there's been on on ufos coming out and it's even making fox news and i think tucker carlson had a special with it not long ago do you think the time will come or are we ready to possibly something as bigfoot sasquatch or anything related to that will it be disclosure on that are we ready for that you and i we're ready tom we're ready but it's outside of us oh yeah we're ready but uh but here's the thing is did you notice the timing of the whole when they finally admitted about ufos right in the middle of a pandemic we'll just kind of slip this out there so we can say that we told them and nobody blinked an eye they're like eh. they, they really didn't care so but i don't think i don't think we'll see it in in our lifetime that's sad i mean i want it to happen in my life there's a lot of things i want to happen in my lifetime but yeah but the thing is i used to think that way too but then i thought is it gonna be best for them and i don't think it is you know i agree it kind of once you said that kind of made me sad but not in a bad way it's like i think it's better for them for them not to be found yes i agree i want people that that um you know people like yourself that you don't there's no way you're gonna harm them it's just not in you you want you want experiences. I want those people to have those experiences. I do not want general public to, to accept it. And I, the government already knows. I know that they've interfered with me, not on a large scale, but enough to be a pain in the ass. But um, no, it would not. It wouldn't. I don't think it would end well for us or them, but specifically them right away at the start. So I really hope not. No, I hope not as well. So before we close the show, let's talk about your social media. Let's talk about Zombie Media Publishing. Where can order or download your book, Sasquatch Family Ties? Uh, the best place to get it would be from the Zombie Media store. Um, go to Zombie Media on Facebook, like the page. Uh, go to the Crypto Crew, like that page. CryptoCrew.com, uh, Crypto Watch on YouTube. Uh, if you can't find the book on there, it is available through Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, a few other places. But to show support for for Zombie Media and the Crypto Crew, I would say that the best way to go would be to buy through buy through the Zombie Media store. Yes, because I've been seeing a lot of the new new releases and I've been retweeting them. So, and he spoke about Amazon. If for some reason you can't get on Zombie Media or Crypto Crew, go on to Amazon. Christmas comes earlier and earlier each year, so I urge you if you want to buy these books, you can go to Zombie Media Publishing as well, or you can go on Amazon. 
contact us through Twitter. We're everywhere, just like the pandemic, but the good kind. So, Leo, that was an awful joke I made, but usually try to find a way to end this show. I really appreciate you being, you and I, we talk about every other day now on texting each other. And I really appreciate your friendship, and I really appreciate you sharing your story. Well, thanks a lot for having me on, man. And, and uh, that spurs our friendship that, that goes both ways. Awesome. Thank you for that. Visit thecryptocrew.com, your number one source for cryptozoology and paranormal research. That's thecryptocrew.com. The Crypto Crew is a research group led by Thomas Markham that investigates and documents things like Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, and just general weird things. They've won several awards. Check out the website today. That's thecryptocrew.com. Thank you for listening to Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pocket Casts, and on Anchor. For more information about Let's Find Out with co-host Diego, please visit us on facebook.com forward slash co-host Diego, on Twitter at co-host underscore Diego, and on Instagram as co-host Diego. Copyright co-host Diego. All content for Let's Find Out is the property of co-host Diego and is served directly from our servers with no modification, redirects, or rehosting. All celebrity impersonators are paid performers. The impersonated celebrities do not endorse or promote any views or opinions expressed by our guests, co-host Diego, or Let's Find Out. The information shared on Let's Find Out is provided on an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness.